0: It is good to be back with y'all again. I have missed you, and I worshiped online with you. I'll be honest with you. The first week that I was out, in case you don't know, I, I caught COVID and um, was sick. That first Sunday, I, uh, I went to sleep part of the way through. No, no offense, Kyle, um, but you're familiar with that happening to pastors. Yeah, and worshiped with you last week, but boy, did I miss being with you. Um, And it is is good to be back. Never in my ministry have I missed two weeks in a row for the same illness. And so I'm very glad to be well enough to be back with you today. We are continuing, I thank Laura Hutchinson for delivering a beautiful message last week, but we're continuing our Heroes of the Faith summer series. And we're talking today about instructional heroes. I know that's shocking as we bless backpacks and get ready for school. But who are those people that helped instruct us? Our passage in Scripture is from Acts chapter 18. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3 and then skip over to verses 24 through 28. Um, You will find these words on the screen. May God open these words of Scripture to us and speak to us this morning. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus. He had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul visited with them. Because they practiced the same trade, he stayed and worked with them. They all worked with leather, or made tents. Verse 24. Meanwhile, a certain Jew named Apollos lived in Ephesus. He was a native of Alexandria and was well-educated and effective in his use of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and spoke as one stirred up by the Spirit. He taught accurately the things about Jesus, even though he was aware only of the baptism John proclaimed and practiced. He began speaking with confidence in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they received him into their circle of friends and explained to him God's ways more accurately. When he wanted to travel to Achaia, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples so they would open their homes to him. Once he arrived, he was of great help to those who had come to believe through grace. He would vigorously defeat Jewish arguments in public debate, using the scriptures to prove that Jesus was the Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This is a beautiful story of people instructing one another in Scripture. Apollos was born in Alexandria. There was a strong Jewish community in Alexandria in Egypt. So he's been raised in Scriptures. And at some point, he comes to know Jesus as the Messiah. So he's already interacted with followers of Christ before. And he has heard of John's baptism. John the Baptist or John the Baptizer who's come through encouraging people to repent He's heard the message that John said, I am only pointing the way to the Messiah, the one who's coming after. And he had found the one coming after. But he didn't know all. And so we try to figure out what is it that he didn't know. In Acts chapter 19, the next chapter, we have the story of Paul coming to Ephesus. And we hear that they hadn't heard about being baptized in the name of Christ. And they hadn't heard about followers receiving the Holy Spirit They knew about repentance, they knew about Jesus being the Christ, but they hadn't been baptized into becoming followers and disciples of Jesus. They didn't know that the Holy Spirit was coming and dwelling in each believer and empowering them and emboldening them to live as Christ taught us to live. So Paul caught up the rest of the Ephesians in chapter 19. It was Priscilla and Aquila who took Apollos under their arms. I love the way the CEB translation we use this morning says, they took him into their circle of friends and helped him understand the ways of God even more fully. I'm always struck by the fact that no matter how much we know of Scripture or how long we have journeyed with Christ, there's always something more to learn. The journey is always ongoing. I think that's what it means for scriptures to be living and active. God meets us through the words of scripture. And we need others who've walked further than we have to help keep connecting us back and enable us to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. As I reflected on my own journey, I remembered some teachers who have been incredibly instrumental to me. Two of those were in school and one of those was in the church. When I was early in middle school, I had a teacher who recognized that, um, well, every teacher recognized that I could run my mouth a good bit, Um, but she recognized that I could get bored and that I had some creativity, and she recommended me for a program that introduced me to logic puzzles. Guys, I still do a logic puzzle every single morning because I just love them. I got to exhibit, I got to go to some art exhibits. I got to be introduced to art and drama and music and sciences beyond what was happening in the regular classroom. And I'm so grateful that she saw potential in me and called that out. In high school, I had a teacher who felt like one of the things that should happen in the junior and senior years of high school is we should prepare students for college. And he would say all sorts of things to us like, when you go to college, there's not gonna be a mama to wake you up if you don't get up with the alarm clock. Nobody's gonna stand in the hall and yell at you to go to class. Nobody's going to make you study. You will get out of your college education what you choose to put into it. So I am not gonna baby you anymore. You need to be getting ready to do that for yourself. And he, he didn't. He expected us to memorize a lot of stuff to know it. He said, I'm also not going to spoon feed you what's going to be on the test. Don't ever ask me in this class, will that be on the test? Yes, it's all on the test. Learn it all. And you know what? I got to college, and sure enough, my mama did not make sure I got up with that alarm clock in the dorm. And my teachers didn't care if I came, but there was a maximum number of absences. And I had one teacher in particular, you better never open her door after she had started teaching. If she came down the hall and closed that door and started lecture, you are not coming in there. And she could wither you just with the look on her face. You would open that door and she would turn and I'll come back next class in there. But I also had a wonderful lady in the church. She was married to Dr. Luther Zare. I do not know her first name. But she recognized me as a young youth in the church who loved scripture, who loved Bible, who loved church. And she recognized that I showed up for everything every Sunday school, every church training on Sunday night, every midweek, every time they offered something extra, I showed up to do that, to go on the mission trip. And she invited me to come to her Bible study. I was the only young person. When she said it was mostly a senior study, she did not mean senior high youth, she meant senior adult. But she created in me a love for studying scriptures that had been nurtured and fed by many more teachers in classes and Bible studies and even by seminary. I am so grateful for Ms. Eyre, who didn't say, oh, it'll embarrass her if she doesn't want to come or I don't want her to have to tell me no or I don't want her to be uncomfortable in the class. She offered me an opportunity and my world opened up because of it. I've also had people do that in other ways in the church. Our very first United Methodist Church that Joseph and I attended was Springville First United. And Herb Robertson was our pastor at that time. And we got to be friends with them because we were expecting children at the same time. And so we were having dinner one night with he and his wife. And Joseph said, Tammy used to think she was called into ministry. And it was like Full stop. And Herb went, okay, my experience is God calls or God doesn't call. If God called you, why are you not in ministry? And I said, well, you know, we kind of went back and forth. But he would not let go of that. If God called you, don't let any obstacle, don't let any person dissuade you. And we would have conversations and he'd say, well, that sounds like pastoral ministry. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I may not know a lot, but I know I am not called to be a pastor. That is not for me. And he said, look, don't let someone else's interpretation of Scripture keep you from doing and being who God is calling you to be. Don't let other people close doors that God is trying to open. If God is calling you, God is not going to call you to do something that would not be pleasing to God. So either the way we have interpreted those verses or your ability to hear is wrong. Let's figure out which one. I am who I am today, and I am in ministry in the way that I am because a middle school teacher opened horizons for me, because a high school teacher called me to grow up, because an older woman in the church took me under her wings the way Priscilla and Aquila did Apollos, And because a pastor would not let go of a call that God had placed on my life and would not let others close that door. I'm so thankful to them. You probably have people in your life who have been incredibly instrumental, who have been instructional heroes to you. And I believe the value of looking at these instructional heroes is to say, to whom are we being called to be instructional heroes today? What group within the church do you need to facilitate or lead? Which classes and opportunities do we not have because you have not yet released yourself to be used by God in that way? For those who are doing that, blessings. For those God is tugging, Stop thinking you have to know everything. We don't have to know it all. We only have to be willing to be used as vessels through whom God can work. The praise today really goes to Priscilla and Aquila. We often refer to them as a missionary couple, but I don't think they're a missionary couple in the way we think of that today. As two people who are called to be missionaries somewhere, We send them to seminary through training. We commission them, and we send them off into the mission field. I think Priscilla and Aquila were a Christian couple who saw every place they went as their missionary field because they made tents. They worked with leather. They made structures that needed the heavy quilting of leather and of tents, and they shared Christ when they did. They got kicked out of Rome. In 49 AD, um, Claudius decided that Jewish people were part of the problem. They wouldn't worship all those other gods. They insisted on that one true living God thing. And he just said, they just all need to get out of Rome. Just get out. So that's how Priscilla and Aquila ended up, in the place where Apollos ended up. Their paths crossed. There was an opportunity that Priscilla and Aquila took advantage of, and Apollos was the beneficiary of Now, there are a couple of different theories. There's a book in our Bible called Hebrews, and it is another anonymous book, like a lot of them. It's traditionally been attributed to Paul, but there are almost no academic scholars in the world of theology who actually believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. It's very different in language and syntax and the way it flows than anything else that Paul wrote. When I was in seminary, I was instructed that more than likely, Apollos wrote it. And if Apollos wrote it, he did so because Priscilla and Aquila helped him have the understanding. Today, there are a growing number of people who believe that it just may have been Priscilla who wrote Hebrews. If that's true, it would make her the only female author of a book. We know, because they start out as Aquila and Priscilla, like here in the first three verses, we meet Aquila and his wife Priscilla. They're mentioned five other times, in Scripture. The other four list Priscilla first, Priscilla and Aquila, and that becomes significant, Paul and Barnabas, instead of Barnabas and Paul, because Paul became the more predominant of the two. It's very likely that Priscilla had the persuasive ability and the personality to stand in front of the group, and it may have been that Aquila had the more organizational and pastoral pieces of that. And what we now have as Hebrews may very well have been the foundational talk that they would start with whenever they went to a new community to explain to the Jewish people how Jesus was and is the Messiah from Scripture. However, all of that unfolds, we see Priscilla and Aquila having um, influence on Paul and Apollos and congregations. We have the opportunity. To be influential on people, to instruct them, to inspire them, to open doors to people. May God use us to be grateful for those who instructed us and willing to be instructors to others. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, for all those who have poured into our lives, we are grateful for all the opportunities that you place before us to pour into the lives of others. Give us ears that can hear, eyes that can see, and hands and feet empowered and emboldened by your Holy Spirit to take advantage of that opportunity. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.